Welcome to Talking Mopars episode number 156. On this episode, we have Project Car of the Week, high performance parts, listener stories, and I'm going to give you a quick update on my Roadrunner, where I'm at on the project, what all I have to do, and just the overall outlook of what to expect from here until the date that it should be ready, which is March 17th, 2023 at Muscle Cars at the Strip at Las Vegas Motor Speedway in Las Vegas, Nevada. So, without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopars. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. This week's Project Car of the Week is from eBay. I actually hunted on Craigslist for a while, and I just didn't see anything that caught my eye. Um, You know, there was some more expensive cars that looked really nice. But I really just didn't see anything that really stood out to me as a good project car. And when that usually happens on Craigslist, I usually go to either Facebook Marketplace, which I really haven't featured much on this show, or I go to eBay. I like eBay because I can you know, really quickly look at a lot of vehicles for buy it now prices and whatnot. I try not to feature too many that have auction prices and bidding going on because those, you know, you never know where the price is going to end up. But I did jump on eBay, and looking around, I don't know why, but this Dart caught my eye. It's a 69 Dodge Dart GTS, original 383 car. Um, It's a little pricey, but it does have a buy-it-now price of $22,499. Now, I know what a lot of people are going to say. They're going to say, my God, that must be one hell of a nice Dart for $22.5. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, the fact of the matter is, it is a ratty muscle car. It's a ratty Mopar. It's a ratty Dart. But it is a GTS, and it does have a 383. So I thought, you know, it's a buy-it-now price. So there's really no negotiating on that. So I I had to look at it from the aspect of, okay, if I had the money, if I had, we'll just call it $23,000, would I buy this car? Now, he does have, (laughs) I'm looking at this again. For some reason, I didn't notice this when I picked this ad. But uh, he does have a best offer. Um, option. So you can make an offer on this car. Uh, you know, let's uh, let's read the description of this eBay ad, okay? So, 69 Dodge Dart GTS 383. Here is a real deal big block four-speed Dodge Dart GTS. This car has a non-numbers matching 383 dated 1968 and non-numbers matching four-speed. It has the original 391 sure grip, eight and three-quarter rear end. The interior is all original other than the console was modified to fit for a four-speed, but it is supposed to have a console in it. This car has been touched up and repainted over the years, but all body panels are original. 41,259 miles at the moment, but I drive the car just about every day, so there will be a little bit more than that. It is a fun and very fast car. I have the inner fender aprons and the inner fender apron to cowl brackets to fix where someone over the years cut them for fender well headers. There is currently under the chassis TTI long tube headers on the car. I can send videos of the car running and send any more pictures on request. All of the body numbers match the VIN, build sheet, and fender tag. 
The one picture that shows the headers is when the exhaust was not complete, but the exhaust has mufflers that dead end right before the rear axle. It could use some TLC, but is a fun driver that can be fixed while driving. Has a clean title in my name. Okay. So, what did we learn? We learned that it's not numbers matching, that it has a modified console, but it is supposed to have a four-speed console in it. Now, I know those consoles for the four-speed A-bodies are super hard to find, but, you know, it's doable. Um, it also says that all of the body numbers match the VIN, build sheet, and fender tag, which tells me he's got the VIN, which is obviously good. Um, a build sheet and a fender tag, that's really cool. Um, I like documentation. Um, looking at the car, uh, first picture is of the driver's side. It looks pretty straight, all things considered. You know, the quarter panel's a little hammered, but it's not completely rotted out. And the vinyl top is there. The interior seems to be all there from this picture. Um, no mismatched body panels. So uh, I'm assuming this is all original metal. Um, picture from the rear driver's side of the quarter. Um, again, you know, it's got some rust on it, but it's not bad at all. You know, I've seen a lot worse. Um, the tail panel on the deck lid looks to be good. Uh, original GTS tail panel. The bumper looks to be pretty straight. Um, you know, little dings, dents here and there, but nothing, nothing too crazy. It's got some, uh, old school slotted mags, which I like. Um, jumping over to the corner of the passenger side rear, um, right below and to the right of the tail light on the edge of the quarter panel, right above the bumper, the corner of the bumper is a rust hole. Looks to be about the size of a quarter. Not too bad. Easily repairable. Um, it does look like it's had some paint work in the past, and he said that in the ad, so we're going to assume the car's been painted. It is a light green. Um, passenger side, pretty comparable to the driver's side. Pretty solid car. Looks pretty straight. I don't see, and this is from pictures, so you know it's kind of hard to tell, but I don't see any bubbling on the vinyl top. Um, it, it's a pretty solid car, and it looks like it does have brand new Cooper Cobras on it, some radial GTs. So, new tires, always nice. Um, let's see, uh, next picture is of the front corner of the passenger side. Again, fender looks good, door looks good. Everything seems to line up pretty nice. Uh, the hood is a, a GTS hood. It's got the uh, power bulges with the 383 inserts. Very nice. And another picture of what I can see of the interior. It looks really presentable for a ratty muscle car this is as good as it gets um engine bay looks to be a little bit worse for wear some surface rust you can see where the holes were cut for the fender well headers so that would have to be repaired um lots of rust over the components and stuff nothing that looks rotted but it definitely needs to be addressed if you wanted this to be uh super nice um this would be this would be one of those cars where I'm like, okay, you know, is it worthy of a full restoration? Sure. Um, is it good enough to be just a ratty muscle car? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I probably would repair the fender well stuff um, from the fender well headers, the damage there. But you know, maybe maybe cut them out a little bit better and put some fender well headers back on it. But um, he does have TTI long tubes; those are expensive. So better off probably just patching the uh, holes where the fender well headers were. Uh, grill looks to be pretty solid and all there. Front bumper, pretty solid, straight, all there. Um, 
yeah, I, I like what I see so far. Um, another picture of uh, this is actually a picture of the top of the car of the roof looks pretty solid. I don't see anything that stands out is, you know, really worrisome. It does have the bumblebee stripe on the back, too. I think I forgot to mention that. Um, another picture of the hood looks good. Um, trunk open. Trunk looks pretty solid. A little dent on the bottom lip when you open the trunk, like underneath the tail panel. No big deal. That could hammer out pretty easily. Um, looks pretty solid. Picture of the front of the car again with the hood closed. Again, everything looks pretty solid, all things considered. For a ratty muscle car, I would, I would say this thing fits the bill perfectly. It's not too ratty. Definitely ratty, though. Interior of the car. Still got carpet in it. Apparently, it still has the original seat belts in it. Um, it's got the nice sport wheel. Uh, dash pad looks good. Um, door panels are all there. Kick panels are there. I don't see anything missing from the interior. It's even got the original thumb wheel radio. Um, I do see the modification to the center console. Is a four-speed car. Um, so the if you want it to be perfect, you, you know, you get a new console for it. But, uh, you know, I'm not too mad about this. Um, rear seat looks immaculate. Wow. It's even got the package tray with the speakers. Um, yeah, this thing is pretty solid. The carpet's even in pretty good shape. Uh, picture of the gauge cluster looks to be pretty good. Um, this is one of the nicer ratty muscle cars I've seen. Uh, this is a picture underneath the car um, showing the driver rear frame rail that is completely solid. It looks like this car was undercoated from the factory, which probably saved it. It's got air shocks. <laughs> Another picture of the interior. It does look like the bottom of the uh, bucket seats in this car. Actually, so it looks like the front seats have been recovered with just plain Jane covers. Uh, so if you wanted to be picky, you could get, um, like legendary covers for it. If you wanted it to be factory correct. Um, I have the same covers. It seems like, you know, the plain Jane, just regular vinyl covers were used quite a bit. Cause I have the same thing, um, in my Roadrunner, which <sighs> getting to that a little bit later, I'm pissed because legendary is on back order for the seat covers that I need, but you know, what can you do? Right. Um, Getting back underneath the car. Uh, yeah, this thing, it is fairly solid. It looks like it's got frame connectors underneath there. But uh, engine bay again, um, a little bit closer this time. Again, some surface rust. Other than the holes cut for the fender well headers, it doesn't look that bad. It looks pretty good. The fender well headers, the holes for those things, were they're butchered. So they definitely would need to be fixed if you wanted this car to be uh, a lot more presentable. Um, it would be cool to yank the engine, clean up the engine bay, and uh, repaint it, and have when you pop the hood, have the engine just look immaculate. That would be cool. Um, and have the rest of the car ratty. Um, but uh, yeah, from what I see, you know, not too bad. Um, the heater hoses are taken off and removed, but that's an easy fix. Um, no power brakes. <laughs> Big old 383 in there. Uh, trunk is solid. It's got some surface rust, no big holes or anything. It's got spare tire in it. Um, I wish the spare tire was out so we could see what the bottom of the trunk floor looks like, but everything around the spare tire looks pretty good. Um, just, uh, some, some scale and some surface rust. 
Nothing too crazy, though. Um, the Dutchman panel looks good. Um, the trunk gutters look good. Uh, pretty solid ratty muscle car here. Um, picture from underneath the engine, looking back, uh, you can see the TTI uh, headers. Um, yeah, it looks pretty solid under there. I'm not really mad about that. As far as a ratty muscle car goes, uh, this is this one's this one's pretty nice. Um, top of the car again from the rear quarter panel at an angle. Uh, looks the car is solid. I mean, you know, not too bad at all. Um, it does have paint cracking and some rust underneath the paint, but uh, nothing too crazy. The build sheet on this thing is immaculate. <laughs> wow. I'm impressed with the build sheet. It is damn near perfect. You can, you know, aside from the stains from the seat springs, there goes my phone. Cool. Um, aside from the stains from the seat springs, uh, the build sheet looks immaculate. And that's the last picture. So, you know, the guy wants $22,499. That's his buy it now price. Make an offer. Gosh, anything below 20000 for me seems like a good price. Um, yeah, I'm not mad at this car at all. It looks like the rear, <laughs> it looks like the rear wheel opening has been modified a little bit on both sides to fit probably bigger tires. Uh, I don't know if it's just the lip that was cut or if it was cut out more. Um, that's interesting. Hold on a second. Let me, I need another picture for reference because it's pretty close. Let's see here. Oh yeah. <laughs> so the rear <laughs> the rear wheel openings have been cut out um to about I would say two inches above the body line on the quarter panels, but it looks to have been done fairly decent. Um it's actually a really nice shape. They should have came like this from the factory. Um yeah, it's almost it almost looks like they, uh, I guess it's not really as, as pronounced as the front wheel opening, but it's pretty pronounced. So you could put some fatties underneath this thing, which I like. But, uh, you know, ideally, there goes my phone again. Cool. Uh, you know, if you could get this thing for like 16 to 18,000, 16 to 18, I think would be pretty good for this. <laughs> it's funny me saying it like this, this quality of a ratty muscle car. Um, but yeah, for a dart. Gosh, I, I just can't believe what prices these cars are going for these days. But, you know, I can't complain too much. Um, it's Mopars. <laughs> you know, what What can you do? Um, you're lucky if you can find one for cheap. Uh, fortunate. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, I'm a Mopar guy. So I have no problem forking out the cash if I want something bad enough. Because, I mean, if we're being realistic here, anything is worth what you're willing to pay for it. And for me... You know, if he said I'm firm on 22 and a half and I had 22 and a half, I like this car enough where I'd probably buy it. Call me crazy. <laughs> Call me crazy. But, uh, you know, when I'm looking at, you know, second generation chargers, complete, total, undrivable project cars for 25,000, I see this thing for 23, basically, we'll call it 23,000, and I can get in it, burn tires immediately, and have some fun, and not care where I park it, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not complaining too much. Plus, it's a real GTS big block car. So that's that's really cool. So that's Project Car of the Week. 
1969 Dodge Dart GTS 383 big block car on eBay for a buy it now price of $22,500. But you can make an offer. That was Project Car of the Week. This week's high performance part is from a somewhat controversial movie, I guess. Um, it's a remake. And somebody mentioned it uh, on my Facebook feed. And I remembered one of my favorite parts. And it features a 68 Dodge Charger. Now, I'm going to play the sound clip from this movie. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys will recognize it. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Um, <laughs> it's Like I said, it's a remake. And the remake is a vanishing point. And as you know, of course, they have the 70 Challenger RT, the white one, um, four-speed car in the movie. But they also have a 1968 Dodge Charger RT in the movie. And I think it's a really funny, <laughs> I think it's a really funny part. Um, and we're going to play it right now. I'm sure you guys will remember it. And it's got an iconic line that I love to say. <laughs> and... Um, it's just a really fun part of the movie where they're about to get into a car chase. And uh, I just really enjoy this cop. <laughs> I think he's funny. So let's listen to the clip. About that boy running around Arizona. Yeah. You think he's a druggie or what? All I know is he's terrorizing four corners. He's in Utah now. Where? Oh, we just got a report from up uh, Monument Valley. Let's go. In the Charger? Absolutely. You think we're going to nail him in a dog pie Chevy? Takes a Mopar to catch a Mopar. Right on. Good shotgun. <laughs> it takes a Mopar to catch a Mopar. So this week's high performance part is the 68 Dodge Charger, black on black, the RT that chases down Kowalski in his 1970 Challenger RT in the remake of the movie, Vanishing Point. It takes a Mopar to catch a Mopar. That was High Performance Parts. This week's listener story was an email from my website's contact form, and it was sent to us all the way from Finland, and I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name, buddy, but uh, I'm horrible with names that are not common. Um, I believe it's, I know it's going to sound funny when I say it. I think it's Johnny or John. Um, last name Vestinius. And uh, God, I hope I didn't butcher your name. It's spelled J-O-N-N-E. So uh, naturally when I look at it, I just want to say Johnny, but I could be wrong. So I apologize if I got your name wrong, buddy. He says, hello, Chris. I'm a 30-year-old guy from the northern part of Finland. I accidentally found your podcast from the internet and found it very interesting. You are doing a great job. Thank you for making it. I currently own two Mopars. Both are currently on project status. I have a 1971 Dodge Demon, and it has a 400-based 470-stroker engine. And then I have a 1972 Dodge Charger SE U-Code restoration project. The Charger is a well-optioned car with a 440, including power sunroof and cassette recorder options, for example. If you are interested about these cars, I can tell you more about them. Yeah, man. Hey, <laughs> reach out to me. Tell me more about the cars. Um, I love 71 Demons. 
I think it's great that you got a low deck 400 based stroker in it, 470 cubic inches. That's sounds pretty powerful to me. And then you have a 72 charger SE U code car. That's awesome. Um, a power sunroof too. That's, that's really cool. It's awesome when I hear about, okay. So it's awesome when I hear about badass Mopars that are across the water, you know, in other countries, but it's kind of sad that they're not in America anymore, <laughs> you know, for Mopar guys that are American like me. I'm like, oh, there goes a 71 Demon and a really cool 72 Dodge Charger. Darn it. But I'm glad that Mopars are worldwide and that Mopar enthusiasts can be connected worldwide. That's awesome. And I'm glad my podcast reaches you guys. And to all my international listeners, you guys are awesome. Thank you very much. You guys have sent in stories. And, you know, I hear from you guys every once in a while. And it's really fun to hear that Mopars are really kicking in other parts of the world. That's really awesome. So thank you for sending in your story, buddy. I look forward to hearing more about your projects. That was Listener Stories. All right, guys. As you know, my friend Mike Coffey issued a challenge to me to have my Roadrunner ready for the 2023 Muscle Cars at the Strip in Las Vegas, March 17th through the 19th at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and I accepted his challenge. I reached out to Phil Painter, who is the mastermind of Muscle Cars at the Strip, and I asked him if it would be cool if we could set up a project car exhibition in the show. And he was more than willing to accommodate my request. And as things worked out, Mike and I told a bunch of our friends, and now we have a bunch of people that are going to be participating in the first ever Project Cars at the Strip display in Las Vegas in March. So the rules are pretty simple. Ideally, you have a project car or truck that is not running or driving at the moment, and you want to accept the challenge and get it running and driving to participate in the project car display in the show field at Muscle Cars at the Strip. So what you got to do is you have to post on your social media, tag me at Talking Mopars Podcast, and tag Muscle Cars at the Strip. And you can tag them by using at M-A-T-S-L-V, at Matt's L-V. And also hashtag Project Cars at the Strip. Tell us about your project. Tell us what you got to do to it. And keep us in the loop from now until March. And we hope to see you at Project Cars at the Strip. Um, registration will be open here soon after the holidays. And of course, you know, stay tuned to Talking Mopar's podcast. And I'll make sure to keep you guys updated on all the fun events and the registration and all that stuff as that information becomes available. So my project is a 1972 Plymouth Roadrunner 344 speed car. All the paint and body work's been done. All the engine work has been done. It just needs to be assembled. So, you know, follow me on YouTube. I'll be posting some videos there. If you follow me on Facebook, I'll be posting videos there as well. So you can follow along with my project. It's pretty much just a big Lego at this point. And I started working on it finally today. Um, before I even touched the car and really got working on it, I made a list of everything I needed to do to it because it's it needs a lot of work. You know, it looks good. It's got the paint body work done. It's got an engine in it, but there's a lot of things that need to be hooked up. <laughs> you know, I have a 
I have a list of approximately, let's see here, what do we got? My list is approximately 77 items that I need to address, which some of those items, you know, have multiple facets, but, um, you know, I guess I can just go over this list real quick. Uh, you know, as far as the engine goes, I got to do the uh, starter relay, the wiring, the ballast resistor, voltage regulator, starter, engine harness, um, power steering pump, fan and fan clutch, belts, radiator, radiator and heater hoses, fan shroud, ground straps, uh, fuel tank, the fuel lines, um, gosh, uh, the exhaust, uh, transmission, I got to do a new tail shaft housing, shift linkage, Z-bar, clutch linkage, um, pistol grip shifter installed, uh, got to do a drive shaft, rebuild the front end, get the airlines situated for the shocks, because it's got air shocks in the back, uh, brake lines and hoses, e-brake cables, I got to install the master cylinder proportioning valve metering block, uh, the firewall brake tubing, um, the pedals, uh, I think I got to fix the accelerator pedal in it, um, e-brake, the handle and the cable, um, kick panels, uh, dash pad, firewall insulation pad, dash wiring, speakers, dome light harness, um, shoulder harness clips, rear headliner grip strips, uh, headliner package tray, roof rail, C-channels, roof rail weather strip, door jam weather strip, quarter glass, rear seat belts, carpet, front seat belts, rear trim pieces, rear seat, front seats, um, the hood latch release, uh, wipers and wiper motor, windshield wiper arms and blades, uh, the cowl vent screens, forward light harnesses, horn relay, um, the horn, uh, the light harnesses, um, for the rear and the mid body battery, um, splash guards for the, uh, inner fenders, the headlight splash guards, engine side splash guards, front bumper bracket splash shields, the K frame splash shield. Uh, I got to install the rest of the grill screws, trunk weather stripping. Uh, actually I think the trunk weather stripping is done. Um, I take that back. Uh, tail light lenses and trim, um, put the antenna on, the exterior emblems and decals and graphics, uh, the windshield clips and trim, rear window clips and trim, um, miscellaneous exterior trim, the rubber bumpers for the body, um, the uh, windshield washer uh, tank and the hoses associated with that, trunk mat, spare tire, bumper jack, and a bunch of other little stuff. Um, that's just kind of a rundown of the list that I made when I was looking at the car and it's in really no particular order. And there's a lot of stuff on there that I could get away with not even doing and still bringing the car to Las Vegas. But I did make the list just to kind of keep me focused. And, uh, I like to be organized. I'm one of those guys where if I let a project get away from me, it's happened in the past many times. I get criticized all the time for never finishing projects and selling them off before they're done. And I traded my beloved Mr. Norm tribute truck for this car. So with that type of a sacrifice, I really have to put up or shut up and get this car done. Um, or else I, I would have gotten rid of my dream truck for nothing. So this car is really cool. I really love this car and I'm really excited about it. So <clears throat> I just started working on it today. Uh, like I said, I have this list. I started ordering parts, um, which is a, a hassle all in itself because some parts are just on back order or they're taking so long to be delivered that it's really making project cars a pain in the ass. So this challenge is legit. Um, but uh, my project is in a lot better condition than some of the other projects that are in the challenge. And uh, that gives me a little bit of an advantage. Muscle Cars at the Strip is billed as the wildest muscle car party in the West. And I think 2023 is going to be a blast. 
I have a ton of friends that are going to go, so it's going to be a party no matter what. But um, I'm just super excited to see all the project cars, all the sh full-on show cars. Of course, drag racing, autocross, and some other fun stuff like a swap meet and some other stuff that we're still working out. I'm actually an ambassador for Muscle Cars at the Strip. So Phil is taking some of my input, which is really cool because I really want Muscle Cars at the Strip to just be an amazing event on the West Coast. The best muscle car event on the West Coast. I think it's very possible. Um, and we're going to, we're going to try doing that this year. Uh, as far as project cars at the strip goes, um, <laughs> we're going to have a championship belt for the winner. Okay. That's pretty cool. I think that's cooler than a trophy and we're in Las Vegas, which is the fight capital of the world. So what better prize than a championship belt for the winner of the project cars at the strip challenge? Um, so that's going to be really fun. And then we would like to get all the project cars together for a cruise down Las Vegas Boulevard have all the project cars under the bright lights of the strip. It's going to be a lot of fun. But the event, you know, I started going a couple years ago in the midst of COVID. So I never got to see it as Mopars at the strip other than in magazines. And then it got rebranded as Muscle Cars at the strip and allowed Fords and GMs into the show, which I think is cool. You know, all Mopar shows are badass, but bring on the Fords and Chevys. Let's show them what's up. You know what I mean? Uh, but... The muscle car community, you know, we just need to band together and have a hell of an event. And I think Muscle Cars at the Strip is perfect for that. So that's what we're aiming for this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm not an employee for Muscle Cars at the Strip. I'm just an ambassador. I really want this show to be successful just because I really enjoy it. I enjoy the atmosphere. It's at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, which is a premier motorsports facility. And it is absolutely stunning when you're there and you get to see it. So I'm just really looking forward to the event. I can't wait to see all my friends. And if you're listening to the show and you're on the fence, maybe you don't have a project car. Maybe you have no means of driving out to Las Vegas, but jump on a plane, head out to Vegas and kick it with us for the weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. I promise you that. Um, the project car display is going to be really cool because some of the project cars that are coming, I can tell you right now, you know, aside from my Roadrunner, which is a pretty cool car, we've got <laughs> we've got a bunch of Mopars that are coming. It's just going to be a wild muscle car festival, and I hope you guys get to join me and all my friends. So I got started on the Roadrunner today, and I basically, you know, I have a couple tables full of parts, and I just wanted to start getting some parts on the car. So I, <laughs> I threw on the ECM. I threw on the voltage regulator. I threw on the ballast resistor. I got the starter relay in. I put the radiator in. I put the horn on, got to have the beep beep horn, or, or is it meep meep, <laughs> got to have the horn on, and then um, I started to put the power steering pump in. It's not quite done yet. I'm going to go ahead and call the power steering 95% done. It was getting late on a Sunday night, and I needed to record a podcast, so here we are, but uh, the project's well underway. I have a bunch of parts for the car. I was supposed to catalog the parts before I started putting things on, but... I decided just to go for it and start putting parts on the car and see where we're at. I'm already starting to make a note of things that I know that I don't have and that I need. And <clears throat> I need to uh, really start ordering some parts because, like I said, there's been a lot of part shipment delays and things like that. And I don't want those types of events to prevent me from getting the muscle cars at the strip. And I've said it before. I will take <clears throat> the first thing I'm trying to do is get this car running because if it runs, I can get it driving. 
and I will drive it to muscle cars at the street. Well, I won't drive it. I'm going to trailer it down there just in case. But I will be able to drive this car into the show field. Whether it's got glass and full interior in it is a completely different story. But this car will run. I promise you that. Um, if I fail at that, I'll sell the car and I'll stop the podcast. <laughs> but uh, I'm super motivated to get going on this project. So the idea is every night I'm going to go into the garage and do something to the car. Um you know, my time is really limited, so this project is definitely a challenge for me. I've got a hundred and a hundred days and change. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we'll call it a hundred days. I'd like to get the car done by February, so I have nearly a month of just working out the kinks and getting it perfect. Because once it's together, you know, assuming that I can get everything done, I would like to have the car paint corrected, just a single stage paint correction, just to take off all the little swirl marks and stuff like that, and then have it ceramic coated, all professionally, all with a warranty. That way, the exterior is protected because the paint is beautiful on the car, and I want to keep it that way. I could, but I used to detail cars, so I'm very capable of doing a paint correction, but if I'm going to have it ceramic coated, um, they offer it with the service, so I'm just going to have them do it. And like I said, it's covered with a warranty, so that's great. Um, the car's going to be garaged, so I'm not too worried about it, you know, having to withstand weather or anything. I just want it to be protected and easy to clean after events and stuff. So that's the plan. Um, I, I'm going to start attacking this thing. I looked at the wiring harnesses today, and it's all really brittle wiring and stuff. So I just ordered a new engine harness, and I'm probably going to end up ordering new harnesses for everything just to make sure the electrical is good. I've had some bad experiences with electrical stuff in, coincidentally, both of my uh, trucks. <laughs> both of my tin grills had electrical issues. So I don't want that to be uh, an issue with this Roadrunner. Um, the only other thing I'm really worried about are things that I feel like I need to have done professionally, like the headliner. I One thing that annoys me, and I know, I know it's kind of, you know, petty, but when I see a really, really nice car and I look inside it and the headliner looks like shit, it bothers the hell out of me. So I'm probably going to have the headliner done professionally. Um, the windshield and rear window I'm definitely going to have installed professionally because I just don't trust myself. And the upholstery on the seats, I've been kicking the idea around that I could just install them myself, but I'm not quite sure. My cousin used to do leather interiors for Catskin. And I used to hang out with him and watch him do the leather. So I have an idea of how to do it, how to get the wrinkles out with steam and all that stuff. Um, I just don't know if I if I want to risk it. <laughs> and maybe I'm just being a wuss. I probably should just give it a shot, right? And if it's not perfect, oh well, I did it myself. But the headliner, uh, that's one thing I'm not willing to do. <laughs> um, not on this car anyway. I'll try it on something else I don't care as much about. <laughs> but uh, I'm thinking the headliner, the windows... Um, front and rear anyway, the side window is no big deal. I can do that myself. Um, but, uh, those types of things I'm probably going to have done professionally along with, I'm thinking about when I change the tail housing on the transmission on the 833, I'm probably going to have it done at a shop and have them just do a basic rebuild on the transmission, because I think that would take too much time away from what I'm doing on the car. And if I can have it outsourced and know it was done right, hand again with a warranty so I have a fresh transmission in it um, that would make me extremely happy so I think I'm going to go that route but you know if time and money don't allow me to do that I'll swap the tail housing and we'll let her rip <laughs> you know what I mean so that's basically where I'm at on the car 
Um, I'll keep you guys posted um, either by video on YouTube and Facebook or right here on the podcast. I'll definitely keep you updated on the project. But definitely, um, if you don't already follow Muscle Cars at the Strip, definitely go follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, You can find them. Their tag is at M-A-T-S-L-V, at Matt's L-V. I've already started promoting Muscle Cars at the Strip and Project Cars at the Strip. But uh, I definitely want to get those guys as much support as I can because I think it's a great event and I would really like to breathe a new life into it and see this event blow back up and be bigger than it ever was. And I think that's possible. Um, I know Phil isn't the biggest fan of Project Cars. <laughs> he told me he called it the Shitbox Olympics, which I thought was hilarious. So uh, <laughs> I'm definitely a participant in the Shitbox Olympics and I'm proud of that. So Phil... Touche, buddy. Um, but yeah, we're going to have a great time. Um, so that's the next big goal for me is to get this Roadrunner to Muscle Cars at the Strip to participate in Project Cars at the Strip. So like I said, if you got a project car out there and you want to accept the challenge, you know what to do. Tag us on social media. Tell us about your project. Share some pictures, maybe some video, and we'll see you in Vegas. Thanks for listening to this episode. I know it was a little bit shorter, but it's Sunday night. It's 10 o'clock. I got to get some sleep because I got to work tomorrow morning. So we'll see you guys on the next episode. No Mopar left behind. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For everything you need to know about this show, you know where to go, TalkingMopars.com. And you can reach me by emailing Chris at TalkingMopars.com or by leaving me a voicemail on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR and you just might get to hear yourself on the show. So keep sharing those Mopar stories with me and anything else that is on your Mopar addicted mind. Special thanks to my friends at DIYHemi.com. For those of you that don't know, Blake has rebranded DIY Hemi, so although the website is still DIYHemi.com, DIY Hemi is now Sublime Technologies. So if you've been considering swapping a modern Gen 3 Hemi into your classic Mopar, then reach out to Sublime Technologies, get a hold of Blake, and tell them that I sent you. Blake has supported me from the beginning of this show, and I also support him in his mission to Hemi-swap the world. Also, don't forget how important it is to keep your Mopar protected from the elements. If you need protection, don't wait. Head on over to TalkingMopars.com, click on the Affiliates tab, and go get your Mopar covered today. Before we shut this podcast episode down, if you want some Talking Mopars merchandise like t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more, check out the merch shop on TalkingMopars.com. I am working on some new merch. I said that on the last show, and I am going to let you guys know when that new gear is available. One final thing, if you'd like exclusive bonus episodes of the podcast as well as exclusive bonus videos, they are available only to my Facebook subscribers. Become a Facebook supporter today and get immediate access to those benefits as well as a monthly supporter giveaway. You can do all that by going to Talking Mopar's podcast on Facebook and clicking the subscribe button. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopar's. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.